Okay, Dr. Science, what's that? It looks like a gumboot. A what? Gumboot chitin. Oh, that, yeah, that's a gumboot chitin. Oh, I thought they were vagina tomatoes. Yeah, that's basically what they are. Oh, okay. They don't taste like either one of those, though. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names. With guns and axes, we sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God help those who stood in the way of business progress. And the USA. USA. There's the free brote at the at the spit and dungeness. Oh, nice. You gonna go get it? All you have to do is get it off the spit, and it's yours. Fight the Coast Guard for it. Mm-hmm. I was telling him we should start a meth lab in that. In the abandoned boat. Well, no, we already have a plan for a boat. Got to put chickens on it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are not getting the message that uh, the bar opens at six on Saturdays. I had people like coming up at like four thirty. Oh, and like you know, raccooning yeah. into the windows. Oh, like I go like I, before I can even open my mouth. Y'all open? There's like the chairs are still up on the tables. <laughs> There's no fucking lights on. <laughs> the fuck. But yeah, I got hit with a birthday party immediately upon opening the door. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I got like what, 10, 12 people all at once, which of course all tried to order all at once. Of course. Because that's the way things never work. But, yep. Uh, but they were fine. And then they all went to uh, the briefs was down at uh, Elko. Oh shit. And then uh, I half- didn't even know they were still playing. It's an I don't know if they have in a while. It's like a poop attack situation? Well, and there's a lot of people down there from uh, Streamline, because Kicks works down there. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you're going to visit him, so everybody knew Shotzi. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but we had Fucking a... Fucking A. The, our show itself was two noise bands and two pretty good bands, but I think it was only like three paid at the door. <laughs> so, Whoops. well, I'm glad we got the pre-funk and post-funk. Yeah, for real. Uh, for, yeah, that kind of saved the day. But it would have been nice to go to the brief show, but yeah, I, uh, within... Half an hour of half the people like leaving. They, some of them were already getting kicked out. Like you know, the fifty-year-old <laughs> punk rock dudes that oh yeah think yeah. they can handle their liquor yeah. and can't anymore. And I, Eric's like, ooh, this guy's a drunk. Don't serve. Like I'm not planning on it. I know how much he had before he left here. And yeah, right. That's he why you got to train hard we all the time. Like, double, That's right. Double, uh, double tall vodka soda. I was like, no. Just kept on giving him like soda water. He keeps on like slapping. Bills in front of me was like, no. <laughs> Not happening, man. And his Ugh. buddy came in who was less drunk, ordered him a hot dog and himself a hot dog and a Rainier. He was like, reluctantly gave the guy a Rainier. And he came to get another Rainier. And was like, uh, it was like, well, you know, why, why is my buddy, why was my buddy kicked out of the other bars? I, I don't fucking know. I, I don't I work at the other bar, bar. <laughs> dumbass. He's like, well, why won't you serve him? Because you told me he was kicked out of the other fucking bar. Yeah. He's like, well, I've been giving him sips of my beer. He's like, well, I guess you're not getting another beer either. <laughs> so, Wow, so, you guys are bad at this. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> you're going to start to have to 
Shanghai and these people. That way, you can serve them as as much as you want. Yeah, yeah that's right. But somebody else has to drag them to go work at the ferries or yeah. something. No, no, no. They're going to go work on the chicken barge. Oh, chicken that's barge. right. Yep. Yeah, these guys didn't look like the chicken barge types. <laughs> What's a chicken barge type? You're not actually the one guy was probably the one guy was probably closer to chicken barge type because he kind of was crypt keeper looking. <laughs> so the other guy had a, like a pompadour and a bunch of like you know psychobilly tattoos and stuff. Sweet. So. Welcome to the chicken barge, <laughs> the breast barge in the world. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Okay, welcome back to How the West is Fucked. How the West was fucked. Contain your curb beer enthusiasm. Well, Contain I'm your curb. Drink this nasty AMPM coffee in this Gator, and I'll be right as rain. Maybe after I power down a pickled sausage. After your eating, oh, after my eating my green egg and ham mm. croissant, and, and your diarrhea will look like my pants. My croissant that said. Sausage on the label, but pretty much had Carl Budding ham in it instead, and yeah. had unauthorized and unspoken about jalapeno. Was in it. was this was the sausage in like quotations? <clears throat> ah, no, it's well, I have the package. I got it right here. I always carry garbage around my pockets <laughs> with me. Well, you don't have a garbage can in this room. You can just like stick it into like punch a hole in the wall and stick it in the drywall. I that's how you insulate your. That's you get an insulated just, coat by the time we're done. That's yeah, right, and you smell wonderful. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it even says jalapeno anywhere on here because there was. Something in there. I think the eggs were green for another reason. Yeah, I mean that's and not Dr. Seuss related. But yeah, this is. Yep, none of the things that were on this uh, were supposed to be on this. And aren't these like prepackaged? Uh, they make them there and then they, oh, they stuff okay. them in the envelope. Yeah. So it wasn't like they were like they peeling just... them out of the package, taking off the yeah. valued sausage patty, and throwing in some <laughs> fifty cent Carl's pudding shit. Yeah, I think they just stuffed it in the wrong fucking okay. sleeve. Well, they still don't have those fucking taquitos. That and they're saying they have fucking cookies with peanut butter cups in them, and they didn't have those. Your fucking AMPM never has nothing. It says finally regular Gatorade. Hey, again, take it up with the monster. <laughs> yeah, that thing's got a name. I fucking heard it Tungus. the other day. Yeah, fucking the thing that should not be. Which I, it's Tungus, but Tungus, it's, that's it's, right. it sounds oh, I, like tongue kiss, yeah. which you don't want to do. <laughs> or euphemism for a butt with a boil on it. It's like ooh. <laughs> Fucking sitting on your tungus. Oh, it's yeah. Not your tungus, it's your tungus because it's got an extra cushion, a little extra meat flap. Um, Until, are you talking about the croissant sandwich you just ate? Well, it's, I <laughs> that's think that's, it's probably the, one of the embryos of the tungus. <laughs> like it lays its uh, eggs in a, in a pool of like fucking Bar- barbecue sauce. I was thinking Those more, I was thinking more like Red Bull. Oh, there you like, go. And then, um, you know, the various. Shit, they put in the hot case that's various stages of larval development. Oh, right. That's why and mine had if, teeth if, in if, it. If you just leave it, yep. And if you just leave it in the hot case for like six weeks, it'll turn into a, a tungus. Yeah. <laughs> and they go terrorize children and no, like, wash up on shore. Yeah. On the spit. Best before three o'clock, December 9th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2022. And, and also don't feed it after midnight. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Well, Tony. What are we going to do here? Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you know? Oh, do you know as uh, uh, was the largest American city mm-hmm. named for a Native American? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Largest American city named for a Native American. Like what, a person? Like, mm-hmm. like a chief of some sort. This is already designed to make you this look is really awesome. bad. Uh, <laughs> you suck. Insert even more crickets. Miami. <laughs> Close. Tony, where do you live? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck!
can see Chief Seattle looks a little like the guy from the room. Oh yeah, in that picture. When they make the movie oh, out of him, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. But yeah, Seattle. Good job, man. <laughs> Making us proud over here. That's what I should have got is this fucking. I was well. I kind of. I tried to. Like when I was like uh, stymied by the stupid train, I went to uh, that hot dog stand in Westlake Center. It's like, oh, they got Phillies. I'm gonna grab a Philly. It's like, oh, we're out of Philly stuff. It's like, okay, I'll grab a Seattle dog. He's like, oh, we're out of like grilled onions. It's like, fuck. But I should have grabbed a Seattle dog because, as you know, that was a staple diet of the Duwamish people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yep. so they invented cream cheese, and Star- hot dogs. Starbucks, and cream cheese, and grilled onion hot dogs. Yep. Yep, and I'm showing Tony how everything's kind of changed around. Of course, oh wow! I, I knew about you know the Motley cut, yeah, going that way. But I guess uh, everything from Lake Washington would go south, and then there was a little Black River that would hook up with the Duwamish and go right. up that way instead of going up by your house there. Oh shit! Wow, yeah, they they fucked some shit up. Yep, well, lots of change. Dri- they wanted to drive their boats and stuff through there. Which they still do. They completely like demolished a fucking river. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, an that, entire river is gone. Where do you think a lot of the mountaintops that these used to be? Why are they just gentle hilltops now? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. All they ended up in the fill. The Denny regrade and all that good stuff. Which you can go to um, the Mohai and they have this cool interactive like 3D map where you uh, you just pick a gear, push a button, and it'll like raise and lower like water levels and rip. Rip or put hilltops back on hills. Oh wow! You can pretend you're like Wolf Blitzer in front of the fucking super jumbotron or whatever. But it's like it's like a physical model. It's like 3D. It's all on like fishing line. Oh, you hit the button. It's like shit. That's cool. Yeah, it's fucking dope. And we, I pointed out the Harbor Island that that's completely man-made there, and then Duwamish waterways. Well, they don't usually have completely flat islands that are what shaped like a trapezoid. So if you want to picture, well. They explain that a little in the the underground tour, but you know, like Pioneer Square, that was all a kind of a, a swamp, swamp and marsh kind of, kind of like you know the end of Hood Canal at at, at uh, the Skokomish Reservation. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Looked a lot more like that than it does now. Yeah, because now there's not a plant on that shit other than in the medians on the roads, basically. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of big fucking cranes. But anyway, so if you haven't guessed, Tony, we're going to be talking about Chief Seattle, also known as Chief Self, also Chief known Seattle. as Noah. Yep. And a little bit about Leshi, too. I didn't le- learn about Leshi, so I guess I'll do that on the fly. Oh, okay. My old man told me when he was in the in the high school in like the 50s in Seattle, He, him and his buddies would like go down to, uh, you know, the five point and like... <clears throat> they would go to like there's the statue of yeah. of Chief Seattle like in, in the, the fountain, in the in fountain. fountain. Yeah, he said their 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 big prank that they would do is they would go and they would bring like um a metal polish because like a bronze statue and they would just they would like just shine up his middle finger. Okay, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, because uh, yeah, isn't he doing like? Wait, he's almost doing like um yeah, almost Zeke Kyle almost looking for yeah. this situation. Oh no, uh, Sig Howdy. We had one time, like, at the old funhouse, somebody gifted uh, me and uh, Lee Simpson a bunch of uh, fucking golf balls for reasons. I don't know. 
<laughs> and then we, you know, we got off work. We went to the Five Point, had some breakfast and some coffee, and then just like sat out there and tried to bounce them into the fountain. Oh, you're which playing was empty? Yeah, e- extreme uh, fucking uh, beer pong. Pretty much, yeah. but you know, you, on the other side of the fountain is just fucking Denny Way, which is oh, one of the higher traffic. I mean, it's like three in the morning, so there wasn't that right. many cars. But it is the main intersection, like closest <laughs> to the to the fucking Space Needle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there might, <laughs> may or may not have been a couple cars accidentally struck by ones that missed their mark or bounce Oops. out of the empty fountain so <laughs> i thought you're gonna say you're doing the night golfing like we used to, oh, to yeah. do in high school that was that was always fun just hear a car alarm and then just <laughs> jesus okay enough uh incriminating stuff that <laughs> allegedly statute allegedly is <clears throat> uh so we'll kick it off with your comic stands and your lovely npr voice <clears throat> Do you know uh, Wanda Fucka? Wanda Fuka? Who may or may not have actually existed. Uh, yeah, well, definitely Cook thought he was bullshit because he came later. But uh, that was actually 1592. And he might have been Greek and not Spanish, but sailing for the Spanish. Really? Yeah. I, I just know that the Straits are named after this per- mm-hmm. person who may or may not have existed. So my mom's a scuba diver, or like she was, you know, while I was growing up. And we used to go to... We used to go up to the Straits of Juan de Fuca and do like fishing, and she would go jump off the boat and go scuba dive around and Whoa. fucking ice some uh, uh, horrors of the deep. Yeah, oh yeah, big time. <laughs> some croissants, Lincod. Lincod was her shit. Lincod, wow. Lincod's fucking awesome. Blue flesh. Yep. Unlike this, which is the most unnatural red flesh. <laughs> He's eating a pickled, uh, fucking pickled sausage. sausage. But the Suquamish took their name from what they called the place of clear salt water and Egged Passage, which is on the back end of Bainbridge there. Uh, that's where they had their village. Uh, they liked to fish their local rivers, but they were kind of small, so they didn't uh, have a lot of salmons in there. So that's why they intermarried with the Duwamish and other tribes to gain access to larger salmon runs. Ooh. So this is kind of common with a lot of other tribes around here, too. But if a husband died, the wife would marry a brother or another relative to keep the alliance alive. If a wife died, the wife's family was expected to provide him with another. <laughs> just like, Next in line. Just like reach into the closet, pull one out. Like, <laughs> yep. I hope you have extra <laughs> wives. wives and daughters around. Polygamy was common. Polygamy, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. But you had to be rich to have more than a, just a couple. Yeah. So most guys only had two or three wives. I guess what is rich in Native Americans, you know, without, uh, you know, fiat currency and stuff, you just have more salmon? I guess. Most of the time it would be horses, but well, not a lot of horses. Here. Yeah. So Chief Seattle, I wanted to go to Blake Island yesterday, but I got conned into helping move some furniture for, for a friend, but I would have been out there. So It if, doesn't sound like a real friend to me if they're making yep. you move all their shit around. I know. But I owed him one anyway. Uh, but uh, if I'm not here, I'm, I'm usually at Plake Island on a Sunday. Kayaking. Kayaking. Are you, I was told you're not allowed to like land on Blake Island though. You can go around it. No. You can just go there? Nobody's told me not to. <laughs> I was told it's like verboten unless you're a tribal member. Oh, maybe it's another island. I know there's the one uh, by McNeil, like a teeny tiny one the size of a- I was told it was Blake. Basketball, but- uh, yeah, yeah. They call those buoys. Nobody's yelled at me yet. yet. It's still a state park, so. It's, uh, actually, the well, we'll be talking about the old man house that used to be a state park, but they gave back to the Suquamish, so that's cool. Uh, but he was born probably 1786 and probably on the island there, at least according to legend. One of Seattle's grandmas might have been a slave, which might have tainted him in adulthood. Okay. 
well, that when we say slave too, we got to specify that it's not like African American slave. It's like um, with the Pacific Northwest tribes when they have a war, they often take slaves uh, from yeah. other tribes. Also, I just looked uh, Blake Island. You you can go to, but it's boat access only. There's no other way to get there. Oh, yeah. That's what well, it said. That is like duh. There's no yeah. fucking bridge. Unless yeah, you're... and they they stopped doing the tours from downtown. Mm. Uh, like around COVID and haven't opened it back up. That's what so. some asshole told me. Well, we were, you know, there's that fishing pier and that kind of dock that shuts out from that weird house on the oh, corner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like some dipshit I was out there crabbing near was telling me, oh, you can't go there unless you're native. So well, he was full of shit. shit. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to keep you off uh, those fishing grounds there. I guess. Uh, but his mom's side of the family was Duwamish and his father's Saquamish. So about the time of Seattle's birth, tall ships appeared at the entrance of the sound. Ooh. Also, um, you non-Pacific Northwesters, get ready for a lot of strange-sounding words, like the like a lot of Quamishes and Wamishes and Chucks and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we say Suquamish, not to be confused with the Squamish Wamish. up in Vancouver Island-ish yep. area or Vancouver area. Uh, but the Skagit, another tribe, thought it was a. The, the changer come back in a great canoe, but the crew gave him a liquor a liquid to drink that confused them and inspired him to sing the Guardian song out of season, which was a oh. great faux pas. Oh, shit. So basically they got him, they took him out on the boat and got him shit-faced? Yep. And then, they, and then they're embarrassed and it's like, yeah. what, what did I just do? That's what that's what it is to get drunk. I mean, that's why you yeah. do it, right? They were singing Jingle Bells in July. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Only probably with a greater relig- religious significance, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, May 20th. 1792, George Vancouver showed up with the HMS Discovery, straight out of Falmouth, England. Oh, Falmouth. <laughs> I probably said that wrong. <laughs> so they gave the first uh, Western description of the Puget Sound tribes. Uh, they invited Chief Kitsap aboard for some hardtack and molasses. Mm, boy. That'll impress <laughs> you. he started yeah. a war. <laughs> Check out our cool white people food, huh? <laughs> Do you got any, I mean, mm, don't you want some of this nasty... <laughs> Weevil-ridden hardtack and some of this not-quite-sweet tar-like substance. Hey, what's that you got over there? A pile of salmon? Ooh, I'm sure you want to trade us, like, some of the... <laughs> Stupid fucking white man. Uh, a few days later, they would meet the Duwamish. So they only stay about a week, and then they leave. And it would be another 32 years before Whitey would show up again. Well, they're slow-rolling it. Mm-hmm. But the Suquamish and Duwamish suddenly became rich because they traded with Vancouver, so they got some shiny things, I guess. Mm. Vancouver's name was George... Mm-hmm. Weird. I don't know. I just. What did you think? Like I, I didn't Fonsleroy, really. Vancouver I, something. Something else. Something more. I don't know. Less pedestrian than George. And it, the reason the, he's the in king, charge because the king Cap- of fucking England was named George. Yeah, pretty yeah. fucking pedestrian. <laughs> My dad's name was George. Curious. Uh, but Seattle would tell people later that he remembered Vancouver ships when he was probably you know five or six or so. But the Spanish had explored quite a bit in 1774, and in 1789, Brits built a fort at Nootka Sound on Vancouver Island, which kind of threatened a battle between the Brits and the Spaniards. But eventually, Spain let the Brits trade there, too. Uh, European goods also changed the tribes, though, and also brought their nice diseases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, tribes with lower numbers chose to go on more slave raid, raids to replenish their numbers, so that's why a lot of the Vancouver guys came down here and started kicking the Puget Sound guys' asses to get more Just stealing people. people. Yep. Look, talk about Shanghai. Mm-hmm. No shit. Uh, 1790, the Skelm uh, Indians on, in the Dungeness there told the Spanish they were under attack from groups from Vancouver Island, and the Spanish found skeletons along Discovery Bay. So now, you know, they're starting to 
do more attacking, I guess. Is that why they called point. it Discovery Bay? We discovered all these skeletons? Yep. Yeah. Well, well the ship was Discovery, too. Isn't there, like, skeleton or Skull Island or Skeleton Island somewhere up there, too, from that? Yeah, I think That's there's a Skeleton Island in the San Juans. But yeah. uh, at Dungeon of Spit, there's Graveyard Spit from that attack, and that was... 1860s or so but that's when they had the lighthouse there and then the, the lighthouse keeper they uh the scallum killed a bunch of vancouver island tribes that were hanging out there and then only one woman survived and she ran to the lighthouse and he protected her okay it's like which is kind of ballsy thing to do yeah. but well, he, yeah, he figured that his lighthouse wouldn't burst into flames because it's made out of brick so. yeah and probably had like a musket in its elevated position mm-hmm. you pretty much have a tower you know Hell yeah. One riot, one ranger. Yep. So if you're not from here and, you know, check out pictures of the Dungeness Pit, it's pretty cool. That's Ooh. where you find Dungeness Crab. Vagina tomatoes, too. Oh, you're fucking. <laughs> oh, the, uh, yeah. Gumboot chitin. Which would have been a staple food of all the peoples we were talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I talked about, at least to you before. Um, so my, my mom, after my folks got divorced, my mom was dating this guy who was like a survivalist dude. He He wasn't like a, you know, what do you call it? Like a sovereign citizen or nothing, yeah, yeah. but he just liked to go out in the woods and see if he could survive. And so like, I, I've eaten gumboot chitin cause he's like, yeah, they used to eat this all the time in the, you know, native American tribes. And so he scraped a bunch off a rock and we cooked them up and they were fucking terrible. I, I, I'm told they're <laughs> kind of really, really, really rubbery. Yeah. It's like a bike tire that tastes like, uh, Clam. clams and fish and stuff. Mm. I don't know. Depending on the thing, I, I, I might have to try it sometime. I've been kind of meaning to, but them and limpets. Uh, Curly, he was Seattle's half-brother. There's a sketch drawn of him, and it showed a, a flattened head. But Seattle's head was probably flattened, too, but not as not as pronounced. Oh, when they do the... When, what Will's talking about is the practice of some of the Northwest tribes where you'd, uh, when you have a newborn infant and they have the soft, like, fontanelles, they would uh, make a stiff kind of cradle board with a front uh, board pressing down on the forehead to kind of, kind of make kind of an angled conehead almost appearance because that's what was in fashion. Hell yeah. Get yeah. it. What Which, are those called? You said the... Uh, like a cradle board or like... No, the baby has what? Fontanelles. Fontanelles. Okay. That's the soft spots. Um, but Sounds like a, ba- a, a, like a fucking R&B group from the 60s. What's <laughs> fucked up is though when uh, Whitey decided that the Flathead Indians are going to be called Flathead Indians, that tribe didn't actually do that. <laughs> nope. So. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Seattle sought a guardian power, so he had the Thunderbird power. Well, that's a good one to have. Yeah. Meant wealth and healed wounds. But it wasn't the Thunderbird of Legend, which was the basically the explaining thunder and lightning. Yeah. It was the size of a seagull or duck, and its power was turned on by singing its song, singing the duck song. And then it gains a plus three to attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that song is... You've been Thunder Duck! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he probably found his power at Lake Burien in a garbage can or something like okay. that. Yeah. He fell into a toxic waste barrel. I want, uh, yeah, I wonder if that's based on a real animal and just never got, you know, like we probably have a name for it, but it's not, has anything to do with Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah, okay. It's probably like Eiderduck or fucking Loon or some shit. Mm-hmm. Seattle as a child was known as Boy. <laughs> wow. Creative. He outgrew that, so he was named <laughs> <They're> Man. man. <laughs> <laughs> was his dad fucking Homer Simpson? Yeah. Come here, boy. Uh, so he got the name uh, Seattle or Self, translated to Honorable One or Good Blood Child. 
Good, good blood, blood child. child. Mm-hmm. That's what our next kid's so going to be named. Next fucking emo, be- emo <laughs> punk man. <laughs> Uh, he was ambitious and gained a rep as a brave and a good fighter. Uh, in an account from a settler named Samuel Coombs, he said Seattle was about 20 years old, around 1806. He said Seattle learned f- uh, that people were going to raid from the Green and White Rivers, going down river. He said, nope, not on my fucking watch. Yep, so he set up a defense, and he thought they would come at night, and they did. So Seattle and crew uh, put a log across the river just below the water line so they get stuck on it. Hell yeah. And then and, lit them the fuck up. Yep. And murderized them, and three out of the five canoes capsized, and um, they murder them while the other two boats hightailed it back. We've made a terrible mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Coombs then said Seattle was elected a leader of six tribes. Which is oh, shit. A lot of tribes. He then organized more trips and threatened war and took hostages to ensure that the other tribes would get along. Oh, he's basically telling him ready to fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, over his life, he had four wives and a couple of concubines on the side. So if you liked a lady, you'd just leave your uh, pole on the family's longhouse. Pole? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> if she used the pole, you were married. Oh. Mm-hmm. Used it for is- what? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm reading innuendo into this, so yeah. <laughs> if she uses my pole, we're married. I mean, that's probably not wrong with symbolism they were kind of shooting for. But sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, his first wife died shortly after she gave birth, of course. That's uh, around 1811. Uh, Kikiz Omlo, or Angeline, as the settlers called her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, she was the first kid probably born uh, somewhere around Rainier Beach, if you want to do a lot walking tour of all these. Oh, also, uh, before I forget, Leshai has his own little monument in Lakewood, but of course it's uh, right in a strip mall. Of course. Which makes <laughs> it classy. Nice. Very classy. Oh, there's also right down there too, there's a, a monument to the Wilkes expedition of him doing all his crazy like atmospheric research. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to walk two miles to this weird place in, in Lakewood or sounds or great and why Stelco. Lakewood did, we, did he end up in Lakewood doing weird fucking experiments everybody, well, everybody it's, winds it's, up in Lakewood doing weird <laughs> it's close enough to Stelcom which is where the Fort Nisqually oh was. right fucking that area B&H Cir- Circus Mart or B&I mm-hmm. or B&H oh yeah with I, Ivan it's a, it's a weird experiment mm-hmm I'm yeah, in the, I'm in the, the gorilla. gorilla in the mall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lakewood's fucking... Nuts. Like, talk, talking about... Me and uh, Will were talking about Aberdeen being, like, the saddest place in the in the world. Yeah. Number two, close number two is probably, like, Lakewood. Lakewood has a lot more commerce going on, though. I go there to buy, but, like... Um, Still sad. Yeah. It's just strip mall after strip mall after well, strip mall. Well, you go to the, like, B&I Circus Mart, formerly Circus Mart. Now it's just whatever the hell it is. But it's the one place, you know, you can go to get your uh, patches if you're in, like, 1% or biker gang. But they also, relevant to my interest, is they have illicit uh, Seahawks patches. So then I can just, like, sew Velcro onto them and use them all my cool guy tactical shit with Velcro. Yeah, yeah. Because, the uh, of course, the NFL doesn't license Velcro shit because they want you to buy the whole hat. for. Oh, and, I see, I see. But these guys have fucking underground fucking <laughs> DIY bespoke Seahawks shit. <laughs> So. Now the NFL is going to come after us yeah. for, for even more copyright infringement. Right. <laughs> what do they got? Bring it. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, 1792, that's when Robert Gray got all up in the Columbia there and named it after a ship, Columbus. Uh, 1811, if you want to go back and listen to our very first episode, even though we don't recommend it, yep. that's when the historians <laughs> came there. Are you, are you like fucking... 
threatening people to <laughs> listen to the you first know, episode? Well, in a way, not with violence or anything. Don't do it. Just disappoint, don't do disappoint it. Disappointment and confusion. <laughs> Uh, that's when the Astorians get there and get the first fur fort. Fur fort. Fur fort. Gross. Uh, that kind of beat that the... Definitely sounds like a club where furries hang out. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, they have to sign it over to the Northwest Company in the War of 1812. And by 1818 is the joint occupancy, so British and Americans in the, in the Northwest here. But kick out those Ruskies and the, yep. the Spaniards, though. You bet. Uh, about that time, the old man house on Agate Passage was built. Uh, most long houses were about 100 foot long. This one was 200 foot long Ooh. and about 100 foot wide. They said the one at Alki was about 360 feet long. Jesus. But the old Amazon man warehouse. Mm-hmm. But the old man house was described by Lieutenant William Morey after Morey Island off uh, Fashon there of the Wilkes Expedition in 1841. But it was smaller than it used to be when he described it then. Shrink. It's cold out here. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, he kind of keep. Oh, firewood wipe out a little bit of it. But. Yeah, you got to. It's like the forest itself. You know, a little fire yeah. wipes out, and <laughs> a new part of your house grows back because you build. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after all this, we should actually take a pause here and describe like what a longhouse kind of situation is. For oh, it's a house. Are. It's really it's, long. It's really long. long. But like, is it for like one family? No, oh. it's like for. The entire ass village, more Pretty or less. Pretty much, yep. So instead of like a situation, like uh, say like the Plains Indians with their, you know, iconic teepees and not as iconic earth lodges, and then, you know, you got the like Pueblos and the um, the Navajo had the Hogans and all that stuff out here, uh, we have some big motherfucking trees, really big motherfucking trees. And mm-hmm. they're kind of hard to handle in the first place, so you kind of take, it, it, you know, it takes a village, you know, so instead of everybody like... Building separate little settlements, you know, you just use pretty much the, much the length of these big ass, so what usually dug fir and cedar, right? Yep. And then cedar is nice and uh, anti-rot resistant, and you just kind of have like little areas for each like family in there. Central fire pits and cooking is like kind of a big ass apartment with very little privacy. Mm-hmm. But in that way, you don't have to like walk out in the fucking rain to go between house to house and mm-hmm. stuff when the rainy season and get everything you need accomplished under one roof. Very efficient way to do things out here, but. You need to have a lot of people to work with these big-ass trees, and you need to have the big-ass trees in the first place. And then the other thing they're doing with the big-ass trees is making canoes. When we say canoes, we're not talking about the bullshit you see in the, like, with the uh, voyageurs and shit on the uh, East Coast where they're using uh, birch bark or something. We're talking about big-ass, hollowed-out logs. It's like it's like a fucking Barney Rubble's car from the yeah. Flintstones. Winston packs rich tobacco, specially selected, and specially processed for good flavor in filter smoking. Yeah, Barney Winston tastes good like a cigarette chug. And I mean, there were some that were big enough, like, they had different ones. They had, like, war canoes, fishing canoes, and they had freight canoes. And uh, a lot of the tribes out here are really good at making um, steamed wood uh, boxes so you could store all your shit. So when you're, uh, you might have uh, one village you use in the spring because there's something there to harvest, and then you use another one in the fall or whatever. So you move the whole ass village in a series of canoes with all your belongings packed into like woven uh, baskets and uh, these bent uh, steamed boxes and stuff like that. It was very, uh, I wouldn't call it mechanized, but what am I trying to say? Like, compared to like, say, like a plane tribe or something like that, they had some fucking infrastructure going mm-hmm. on. And but painted all cool and painted all out. cool. That's when, and also when you see a totem pole, it's that kind of culture. You know, that shit didn't exist on the planes, even though every fucking plastic 
Cowboy and Indian set <laughs> you've ever seen has a totem pole included with it. And, but, a, and a teepee. Yeah. They, you know, they do cedar to good effect to like a lot of their clothing and stuff. They make their rain capes and hats and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's like the that. cool shit. That's stuff I mm-hmm. like. Like where you uh you strip strip cedar bark into like like long strips and you mm-hmm. like weave it together and make fucking cloth out of it basically. Yep. And well once again, rot resistant yep. and you weave it tight enough, rain Waterproof. sheds right off of it. Yep. It's fucking ingenious. Anyway, just wanted to like uh elucidate if we just keep on saying longhouse, you know, what the fuck is that? Because there's like Iroquois longhouses too, but that's a different kind of thing. And there's mm-hmm. Viking longhouses. That's a different kind of thing. So anyway. They were long. They were long. That's what they all have in common, I guess. Yep. <laughs> there's still one on Blake Island, but yeah, since they closed it, you can't go in there. But And the old man house that we're talking about, I just found out and looking that up, uh, that the army burned it in the 1860s to kind of break up the people and kind of make them go live on the reservation, kind yeah. of spread out and live like whitey. So that's Great. nice of them. Yeah. Uh, so 1855, the U.S. Coast Guard survey came through and they said it might have been a 500 foot long at the time. This is definitely like white people math during like these times. Like, you know, everything's bigger than it. It's some Alex Jones fucking oh, it's, math. It's the, it's the fucking airships that we talked yeah, about on. Exactly. Yeah, thousand, thousand foot tall people. Oh my. <laughs> But uh, it was probably uh, Kitsap probably supervised the whole thing uh, at first because Seattle lives there too, but uh, he wasn't the main chief at the time. Fort George or Fort Astoria kept going. Uh, Northwest Company gets absorbed by the HBC in 1821. So in 1824, they moved the headquarters to Fort Vancouver. James McMillan left Fort George up the coast into Grays Harbor up the Chehalis. And then you portage from Black Lake into the Sound, which is a pretty easy trip. Then he meets with the Puget Sound tribes, and this is kind of the first report since Vancouver in 1792. Uh, this time, the Indians fled into the woods instead of greeting them. They were afraid that there were the Cowichan tribes from Vancouver Island that were coming down and raiding everybody, but they finally get them to, to you know... Coax them out. Coax yeah. them out. Give them um, some candy or something. Speaking of Vancouver, also, I, I found a, a fucked up kind of a, a thing with, like, when they ran it, like, in, you know, 1792 and Vancouver was out there. The, the, the tribes were impressed by, like, their steel and their guns and all that stuff. Vancouver was not impressed, writing in his log, that the village was the most lowly and meanest of its kind. The best of the huts were poor and miserable, and the people were busily engaged like swine, rooting up this beautiful meadow. Good God, dude. <laughs> what a nice dude. And what, that's what I'm saying. I'm fairly certain they weren't in huts. They were, you know, it's just yeah. like, it's just not like, oh, Victorian, you know. Right, thing. Victorian mansions. Well, it was like, when they were talking about rooting up a meadow, they are either probably digging up, like, Canvas. actual root, canvas roots, or if they're in the t- hide flats, they're digging up clams. They're just yeah. doing what they do. But, oh, they're... Look at these there. filthy, disgusting <laughs> paws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Vancouver. Yeah, yep. we got a lot of that coming up. So, oh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to hit Mile City uh, <laughs> yeah. in this one, so I'll have to re- rework a... Fuck you, Vancouver. And also want a few cups. Uh, Kitsap, Chief Kitsap, won an alliance to fight the Cowichan and make the Puget Sound a place for trade. Next year, Kitsap gathered 200 men and went to Vancouver Island, and Seattle was uh, likely one of the warriors. Uh, near Victoria Harbor, they attacked the Souk and took a lot of prisoners. The Souk chief told them that the next day the Cowichan planned on attacking the Scallum across the, the strait over in Squim. Ooh, yeah, this is kind of fucked. The Souk chief told them that they should release the prisoners and head home. Likely story, bro. Yep. But Kitsap said, uh, fuck you. And then they pillaged the Souk village and even dug up their camas roots. Motherfuckers. See, camas. Then they're, they're leaving and they round a corner and then they see the Cowichan 
a war party going to attack the, the Scalum. So they're both kind of surprised to see each other. They even tried to parlay, but Kitsap got his warriors to sing their war songs. I don't know what, what that was, probably some Miley Cyrus or something. March or Die from Motorhead. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what I used to do. I'd have my, my boys when we get camoed up playing, playing uh, fucking Motorhead. There you go. Orgasmatron? No, fucking March, March or Die. <laughs> Literally the song March or Die. That is a good song. Very slow. Mm-hmm. It's got a banger of it. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yep. Uh, by Filthy Animal, probably. I don't know if it, you might not have been in there at the time. Filthy Animals, good good drummer name. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's up there with Rat Scabies. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> animal from the Muppets, like, full name? Full legal name? He's, no. he's a drummer. He, he probably was modeled after. He was modeled after Keith Moon. Oh. Uh, but uh, Kitsap kills the Souk uh, captives right in front of the Kowichans, and they dump their bodies overboard. Oh. So that's not a... Yeah. yeah, not a good way to to go if you want to keep the peace. But no, it's a good way to go if you want to fuck with people's heads and yep. also be terrifying. Yeah. So the fight was on after that. The Coechans gather their canoes together and ram the smaller Puget Sound canoes. Allies fought bravely, but soon the inlet was filled with wrecked canoes and bodies. So I'm sure with twenty or thirty guys, you can get a canoe going pretty fast. Yeah. Well, and when it's made out of a fucking dug fur, it's just, mm-hmm. just a log, thousand, several, several thousand pound log, yeah, and they usually have that nice, like, long prow on it uh-huh. that pokes out a ways. And mm-hmm. yeah, oof, oof. so Kitsap and everybody have to break for open water, but only forty canoes made it back. Uh, despite this, the Coechan decide to stop raiding the sound and and make make nice and intermarry. Okay. So after that, Seattle gets gets to go travel to. To up the Fraser River to fish for some salmon. Nice. It's always nice to go someplace and vacation, yeah. do some fishing. After you've basically not conquered it, but yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. He kind of wipes out a tribe. Well, I know. I, th- I thought that's <laughs> where we were getting here. Like, uh, yeah, we're getting there. So the Fraser River. Yeah, is yeah. that named after Kelsey Grammer? Yep. Yep. Fuck. Of course. That's why they sh- <laughs> shot it here. Wait till you get to Mount Starbucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. Oh, it's me, Master of the Mustache, Sam Elliott, for Sam Elliott's Mustache of the Month Club. For just $9.99 a month, you are provided with a thick, luxurious upper lip covering. We send you a bespoke box of moustaches for you to pick from, and whatever you don't like, just send back free of charge, or give it to a crow. We have the Raleigh Fingers mustache, the Ron Swanson mustache, the Wilford Brimley mustache, and heck, one even modeled after me, Sam Elliott. All our moustaches are certified lice and craft free, made from the most exquisite primate materials. That's Moustache of the Month Club. Never trust a man or woman with that one. So the next trip through and that McMillan guy came in to board Fort, or build Fort Langley up in Vancouver area there. Going to say Virginia. Mm-hmm. Langley. Found the tribes not as fearful as usual. That's nice. Fearful or fearsome? <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> Uh, 1827, the Scalum attacked and killed five HPC men, including Alexander McKenzie. Ooh. Not the explorer. Yeah. Well, they were all McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of them were McKenzie of some variety. Yep. 
So John McLaughlin, the guy from uh, Vancouver there, the, the head there, sent Alexander McLeod, who is the guy who helped Jed Smith with his Indian problems. Mm. <laughs> uh, so they go over the Cowlitz Portage to the Sound and would meet up with armed schooner to sail against the Scallum. Mm. Met up with what? An armed schooner. Oh, and ar- I thought that was a dude's name. Armed, armed schooner. schooner. I was that like, fuck, good, that, that is a, that's a wrestler name. got a motherfucking <laughs> battleship tattooed yeah. on your no chest. Shit. Yeah. Yep. So the Squamish offered to help, but McLeod said, oh, we'll fight our own battles. But he did allow him to come along and watch. So that's nice. <laughs> take, take notes. So the Scallum sent word to McLaughlin that they wanted to negotiate, but that's right as McLeod had left, so it was too late. So near Port Hadlock, McLeod's men opened fire on a sleeping Scallum village, and they kill eight. They got a... Uh, How brave. Well, we well. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So they get back on the ship and go to the Dungeness, and McLeod ignored a Snohomish chief who tried to broker a peace deal and opened fire on a canoe coming to Parley. Jesus Christ. Then he blasted the Scallum village again. Uh, 27 were killed up there. So he's just kind of cruising around the sound, like fucking broadsiding all these villages with <laughs> that this <are> schooner. <laughs> well, well, the main thing is, what the fuck are they going to do anyway? It's mm. cannon fire versus, I mean, yeah. even, I don't even know if they use that much archery. I think it was a lot of, like, war club type yeah, situation. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of the last recorded references to Chief Kitsap, though. So, uh, Fall of 1830, McLaughlin wrote in uh, London saying most of the Indians were being killed by disease. Yeah, that's probably not Dear wrong. London, about three quarters Dear of London, them. we've gotten everybody really sick with all our <laughs> fucking drippy dicks. So basically it's all the way from the Columbia to the California coast. Uh, Indians believed it came from an American ship, the Hawaii. You know, I, I say Hawaii instead of Hawaii. That guy, uh, the captain said he had a vial of disease and would release it out to anybody who fucked with him. Well, didn't one of the guys from the Aster thing mm-hmm. do the same thing? Yeah, yep. yeah. But waving his, isn't that where we started the gun service of steel or something? Uh-huh. Like, waving to my vial of smallpox around. Yep. <laughs> but it was probably malaria. Malaria's got mossy teeth, dander, and a fat butt. Which is hard to get up here naturally, but yeah, if it's carried by somebody else. Our <laughs> mosquitoes are fucking weak here but mm-hmm. if yeah if they're in your bilge of your ship that came from warmer climes they're probably a more virulent mm-hmm. nasty mosquito that then dies off probably in the winter but all it takes is one summer of biting a bunch of people and you're fucked but their traditional curing made it worse which would have been a sweat lodge and then dunk yourself in cold water Oof. with malaria uh just as malaria was leaving to get smallpox of course it's the gift that keeps on giving. And, of course, the HBC expands its posts, and they get a new one at Nesqually Prairie. Uh, basically, it wasn't much for bringing in furs, but it was there to grow some food and sell to the Ruskies and everybody else around. But, uh, basically, they built it there, and I'm going to mess this one up, Squillachu Creek near DuPont. Okay. So it's nowhere near Point Defiance. They moved that, but they do have, what, two of the original-ish buildings? Okay. At least from the second location, I guess, there. They move it again after about a few years to a more permanent location closer to Chambers Bay there. Uh, William Fraser Tolmy was there as a 20-year-old medical student uh, to serve as Camp Stur- or Sturgeon, not Surgeon, Sturgeon. Herman the Sturgeon. <laughs> but later he had run basically the fort for, for a long time. Tolmy doesn't mention it. By then, Kitsap was dead, though. He had lots of enemies and was murdered. No. That seemed to be going around about this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was buried in a secret location so his enemies wouldn't uh, desecrate his grave. Okay. <laughs> or the Smithsonian. Oh, actually, yeah. the Smithsonian found him later and carried off his bones. Oh, oh of course. Fuck. Of course. 
Wow, that must have been a tricky thing to do. Like, I mean, did, were they? I, I imagine like Smithsonian people like interrogating motherfuckers, like trying to figure I out where guess, they where they hid the body. Really, well, I suppose if you go to like an enemy tribe, it's like, yeah, that motherfucker is probably. We got to guess he's in this fucking place. Yeah, fucking, you know. Yeah. But if you're going to friendly like to his tribe, they're gonna be like, oh, I don't know. Then yeah, they probably bribe him or lock him in a closet for a week sure. or something. And uh, by now, the Squamish were led by Chalicum. Francis Heron, not the guy from Heron Island, but uh, he, uh, another guy. All right, another guy. <laughs> he was in charge of Fort Nisqually. He was a moody drunk. All right. And I say England's greatest prime minister was Lord Palmerston. Hit the elder. Lord Palmerston. Hit the elder. Okay, you asked for it, Boggs. Dad, I'm showing him, buddy. Lord Palmerston! August 3rd, 1832, Ptolemy and Heron saw several tribes on the beach waiting on a ship. They were trying out religious rites to bring them goods, which are, uh, those are always good stories of, you know, trying to... Like, pray the commerce in? Yep. We need some spoons. Hurry up. Oh, Amazon, send me the AA batteries. I mean, it's it's a uh, you know fucking Billy Graham shit. Kinda. Oh, send, yeah. oh, oh, send uh, me your money. Fucking uh, what do they call Pro- prosperity? Yeah, uh, prosperity gospel. gospel. Yeah, <laughs> but there's uh, like stories World War Two era where these South Pacific people they got a whole bunch of stuff like washed up and or or somebody dropped off some stuff and then they've been praying for basically making this weird religion out of. Oh, people, the fact that uh, people bring consumers. <laughs> yep. Fucking sunken boats. Oh, God, God of Walmart. Yep. <laughs> so Heron invited him to his house to talk over, converting him to Christianity. Like that easy? Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the first historical account of Chief Seattle. So Heron had him confess to all their murders. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Seattle That's a trap. <laughs> Uh, chief Seattle had to admit that he killed a great chief and stole his shells from the scallums. Uh, the chief signed a paper that they wouldn't murder or steal, and I'm it's sure they completely it's, understood. It's what a they're war, doing. basically. Mm-hmm. It's not murder. So, summer of 1833, Heron raised the price of a blanket from one beaver to two. Damn. Uh, Indians were outraged, and they threatened to sell their first American ships yeah, waiting on the sound. Take that, you motherfuckers. But Heron knew that there wasn't any around. So eventually the tribe said they accept the new price. Damn it. Motherfucker. Inflation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in September, Seattle and others helped unload a ship for the HBC. Uh, for their help, they got tobacco, a meal, and some rum. All right. And many got roaring drunk. And on the beach, Chief Seattle got into a fist fight with another leader. All right. So assimilating well into... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yeah, becoming HBC. American. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> or I guess it's still British. Lord Palmerston! So Heron was away at Fort Vancouver, leaving Ptolemy in charge. Uh, Chalicum warned Ptolemy that the Scalum were planning an attack, and he wanted his protection. And if they wouldn't help him, they wouldn't protect him either. So kind of tit for tit there. Yeah. Ptolemy asked around, decided that uh, Chalicum's message was meant to intimidate him. He just somehow comes that up with with that. False flag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Ptolemy thanked the messenger and told him that they were, if they were attacked, that the HBC would attack even more severely, but he kept uh, getting threats that the HBC would pack up, and, or he would threaten that 
they would pack up and leave if they keep, if they keep getting these threats. Which they're also not going to fucking not gonna do. No way. <laughs> uh, next morning, Tommy gave the headman a big breakfast, but later some canoes turned up missing. So Tommy blamed Chalicum. Chalicum came back and spoke bad, which was bad enough that the translator wouldn't translate. <laughs> And told me stormed out. So this is a good start. Tell him what I said. No. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) So the translator caught up to Tommy and told him he was very close to being killed and to prepare for attack. But Tommy didn't think they would they would be attacked and ordered his. But he did have his guys load his guns. Just in case. I mean, these crazy natives don't know what they're talking about. But just in case, let's uh, let's maybe set a watch and uh, you know, maybe keep at least every third musket loaded. So he and his clerk took the night watch and nothing nothing happened that night, though. But uh, next morning, Tommy brought gifts and kind of apologized to Chalicum there. Brought him some Starbucks and some uh, fucking Einstein brother bagels mm-hmm. with schmear. But he did order his guys to build walls. Just, once again, nothing to worry about. Everything's fine. Nice. Can we build some, like, let's go with 14-foot walls? But, of course, the local Indians didn't appreciate that. We want to see what you're doing in there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like that. They were just being let in one at a time to go trade with them. Oh, yeah. But by October, it was time to go fishing, and most everybody left anyway. Then Heron returned, and he had the walls finished. So now it, has, now it looks like a fort. Yeah. Chief Seattle was a big dude, though. The HBC called him Le Gros, or the big one. Oh, yeah. Big guy. Uh, but he treated his slaves and concubines well, but uh, he kind of got the rep for violence-ness, violence-ness <laughs> with his beach brawl there. Yeah, yeah. Beach brawl. Beach blast. But that kind of kept him from working too much with the HBC there. Just because they were afraid he'd, like, get pissed off and pop somebody? hmm So most headmen didn't like it that would get paid just the same as everybody else who traded at the fort. Yeah, I have a fucking business degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobles who asked for gifts were called beggars, scamps, and rogues. Mm. Scamps? Oh, that's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that's a low blow. <laughs> Eventually, they got along at the fort, though. Uh, the HBC encouraged its men to marry Native women. Gonna breed the take your in and out of them. Take take your pole with yeah oh yeah, <laughs> and it also encouraged its employees to church up the natives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heron and Tommy were believers and didn't mind doing that. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Tommy even studied to be a churchy man, mm. uh, but with the disease killing most of them, the Indians were kind of desperate for kind of. Yeah. Something. Hey, what do you think? Maybe we maybe we try the white Jesus. Yeah, right. Maybe, like, well, we tried everything else. The sweat lodge with the ice water bath isn't working. Uh, Chalcom agreed to translate for the church, but Seattle continued to be a menacing figure. Just because he's six feet tall. Mm-hmm. I also imagine him standing in the back of the church, like in a shadow, just like <sighs> staring at everybody <sighs> from behind. And he threatened to shoot HPC man Jean-Baptiste Ouvre. Ouvre. He threatened to shoot him? Mm-hmm. For what? Just didn't like his name? Yeah. Well, <laughs> didn't like his oeuvre. Yeah. yeah. Come here, Frenchie. And October Tommy's journals is told of Seattle selling his daughter, Angeline, to a Skagit man as a wife. Selling, uh, I mean, dowry is a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was abused by him. But she won out by sleeping late and embarrassing him. Ah, that will show you. <laughs> so she was sent back home to... to Seattle there. I wonder if that was like their plan. Like Seattle's just like, all right, all right, you're going to be his wife, but if he fucks with you, 
sleep late. Sleep in, dude. Trust me. You'd be so mortified. <laughs> so she was sent home, and later that Skagit man was murdered. Oh. So it might have been a hit by Seattle. Might have been. And, of course, 1835-36, smallpox kind of came through. That was definitely a hit by Mm -hmm. smallpox. Uh, Made everybody paranoid, and the Indians blamed HBC's tobacco. Oh, no, just just blamed the HBC itself, Mm -hmm. probably in their (laughs) blankets, but the tobacco is probably good. So tribes began to fight each other again. The Snohomish raided the Skokomish. I'm sure people listening that are not from here are like, Mish, mish, mish. When I first moved here, yeah, all you hear is mish, mish, chuck, chuck, mish. Come, come, lot of come, lot of come, lot of come. So the Skokomish man put a curse on them as they left. Oh, that'll show you. I need to learn how to do that. I want to do that to people. I'm sure there's some kind of YouTube series you can. Oh yeah, good call. How to cast revenge spells? Retaliate against those who did you wrong with a little hocus pocus payback. You will need a black candle, carnelian, a piece of paper, a fire, asafetida, a fabric swatch. Agrimony, your enemy's picture or possession, and judiciousness. And later, a steep bluff on Kamano Island slid off and caused a wave and hit Gedney Island, where the Snohomish were camped and yeah. killed a whole bunch of them. And then they, oh. bl- they blamed that on, like, the... The curse. It's a curse. Oh. The curse of Camaro Island. Camaro Island? Camaro Island? <laughs> oh, my folks drove it up here from the Bahamas. You're kidding. It must be the Bahamas or Islands. Uh, well, I mean, that's not an uncommon thing. If you listen to the show for any amount of time, we talk about the landslides that are quite frequent around here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, though, instead of like, you know, the biggest danger isn't the hillside falling off and making big waves. It's the fact that um, it's usually a multi-million dollar home per- precariously overlooking the water, which then slides down the hill. And then there's much gnashing of teeth and running mm-hmm. garments and probably large insurance battles. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. I told you about... Uh, it wasn't the water, it was the wind. <laughs> my my, uh, my great-grandpa... Uh, was like living in his, basically him and him and my great grandma and my my old man were living together in, like my great grandpa's sister's house, right? With like so two families in this like, kind of like two or three bedroom house, okay. kind of on top of a hill in in uh, West Seattle, and he's like, well, fuck it, I'm just gonna dig a basement under the house, and so he starts <laughs> digging a basement to like make more room so they can you know all live there and shit, yeah. and a really bad fucking rainstorm hit, and he wasn't done like found baking a foundation yet and the whole fucking house just came unmoored and like slid down the hill mm-hmm. about like uh 50 feet or so and it, yeah. bumped, and it bumped into a tree line and just kind of sat there like Ooh, sideways <laughs> he's like oops sorry just moved all his shit out and then got another house <laughs> got another house yeah. like oh that. i just moved so i, yeah. I guess we moved 50 Slanty feet down the hill. here we come <laughs> yeah look it has better drainage <laughs> <laughs> it all drains out the, the fucking hole in the bottom the east side of the house right mm-hmm. that's the fun and Anchorage after the 64 earthquake, there's, uh, there. I know there was a bar south of town that just dug out a new entrance after everything sh- shifted, you know, 12 feet or whatever. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Just Let keep going. Go. So the Snohomish and the Skykomish fought each other enough that the HBC stopped going between Langley and Nisqually. The HBC asked the Collets to mediate and Chalcom helped HBC and helped keep the peace there. In January 1838, Seattle shot and killed a Skykomish shaman with a gun. Probably because one of his grandchild uh, died of smallpox. Okay. It's like, uh, ancient religions and, or hokey religions and ancient whatever is no use for good blaster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Hokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at your side, kid. And by the 1830s, Methodist missionaries come to Oregon country. 
Good. More, more religion is what we need. That'll solve everything. In 1834, the Whitmans came, if we remember those. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, yeah. Narcissa and... Their, the doctor is, is it, in. No, not Narcissa. No, oh, yeah. Narcissa, Narcissa Whitman. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was the daughter. No, that was the wife. The right? wife? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I'll have to Something. go back and listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've only heard it three times now. Uh, by 1838, the Catholics were sent in. Holy oh, fuck. Is it like... I mean, where's the... Then the Seventh-day Adventists, I was then the say, Mormons. I'm waiting, the, I'm waiting for the, yeah, the Scientologists. And yeah, the, Scientology's coming. But they were more successful in baptizing and converting people because they didn't care. All you had to do was say, okay. 1838, the HBC established the Puget Sound Agricultural Company. And they planted 3,000 acres of wheat on the Cowlitz and devoted 167,000 acres of Nisqually Prairie to raise sheep and cattle. You say wheat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not good this wheat is not country. good wheat country. No. Nope. <laughs> this is terrible wheat country. But they would sell most of the sheep and cattle to Russian and Hawaii. No, of course. Uh, Russian forts, anyway. Fucking sending our jobs over, or, well, I guess not our jobs overseas unless being a sheep or a cow is a job. <laughs> kind of. So that made a lot more money than furs, and Ptolemy was put in charge of the whole thing. 1841 is when Wilkes shows up and names a bunch of shit. George Sinclair, sailing the master, uh, or he was the sailing master of the porpoise. Oh, yeah. Uh, he called the Sequamish, uh, quote, a filthy feathered race, as stupid as apes. So that's almost as good as Vancouver's yeah, description. Some, good Lord, man. Feathered race makes it sound like, you know, a tribe of big bird. Yeah, like. yeah, bird, bird persons. <laughs> Thunderbirds. Yeah. Uh, at this time, Seattle was leaving, living in his houses on Elliott Bay, an old man house. So he was like bi-coastal. Oh, yeah but only 10 miles apart. Right. He also would give away a bunch as head man. He also had a sense of humor. Uh, one time he piled up so many blankets as gifts on the old man house that part of that roof collapsed. <laughs> Jokes on him? Yep. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Crushed a baby. <laughs> what? Crushed a baby? No. Oh. <laughs> and the way he gave him away was fun, too. Because he threw him in the water and had the, everybody swim out for him. So it, it's like the cash tornado booth. <laughs> yeah, or like, totally. you know, like. Well, even better, <laughs> the blankets were torn to pieces by people grabbing them. Oh, like I, you said, it was like a cash tornado. I thought it was because, like, uh, back in those days when there was more wildlife, like the fucking orcas were getting them or something. No, but it was. They, I guess you could weave them together back together pretty easily. So people thought Ooh. it was good fun. Modular like blanket. Black Friday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, Seattle also hosted a wrestling match at Point No Point. Fuck yeah, dude! I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation. Wait, wait a minute, and there is no doubt about it. Yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Oh. Between a Snoqualmie man and a Suquamish man. In so the this corner, the Snoqualmie man. <laughs> I wonder if they had neat like uh, characters they played. Like Thunderbird, yeah, and the, the other guys, the, the what's the whistling, the book whistle? Oh the, yeah, the, basically the Sasquatch, yeah, the Iron Cheek, and then and then of course the, the Undertaker. Well, no, the, the, the heel shows up and it's George Vancouver. It's like somebody, <laughs> somebody dressed in you know, a native dude in white face. Yep, kind of wearing like a cedar woven like admiral's outfit. <laughs> Look at you, filthy uh, pores. Ha you, yeah, exactly. And then they hit him over the head with a pole. <laughs> But the Snoqualmie wrestler was known for his finishing move of grabbing his opponent by the skin of his sides and throwing him. <laughs> like the love, oh, the love handle grab? Yep. <laughs> awesome. Fuck yeah. So the other guy, the Suquamish wrestler, put skin cream 
that the ladies used, which was probably deer fat yeah. on his sides, and so he won. Get him. <laughs> well, that was common shit. Well, even That's like red. fucking Chauncey even talks about like uh, I never. I guess it makes sense, but like you know in. Areas where you fight a lot, like the ladies, like oh yeah, the girls are like oh they carry Vaseline in their fucking carry Vaseline, bag, yeah. put it in your hair, and they do that shit on like Deadwood when they have a uh, Dan Doherty fights the fucking sea monster, like he puts a bunch of fucking grease in it because he has got long ass hair. Uh-huh. He greases himself. So they the can't fuck up. they can't get a hold of you. Yep. So Talcum dies sometime around 1843. Uh, about that time, Ptolemy mo- moves the fort a mile east. This time, he didn't feel the need to build walls there, at least not yet. But by 1845, Snoqualmie Raiders were threatening the fort. Ooh, uh, Luck, to, Luck will talk. Must have been a tribe up, up north, sure. Vancouver there. They began raiding again. The uh, Suquamish and others joined forces against them, like they did when the Cowichan uh, got there. But soon they were defeated and they sued for peace. Oh, the Coalition of the Willing has been mm-hmm. defeated. Every time you say, like, started raiding again, it, all I think of is that fucking hat I got you in Japan. Yep. Uh, born born to raiding, pleasant. Yep. yep. With an eagle. <laughs> I would wear that more, except for it's like, it's that vinyl. Like it's, shitty vinyl, yeah. It's going to well, fall apart. No, it's not that. It's like wearing a garbage bag on your head. You, <laughs> like, sweat instantly. Yep. Like. So the Skelm had a Suquamish shaman come and cure one of their people. And then Seattle shot him. Uh, not quite. Oh. Uh, that guy died before the shaman got there. So when he gets there, the Skelm beheaded him and kept ahead to abuse and defile. <laughs> Just because he was late? Yep. Fuck. So oh. they skull fucked the his beheaded right. head. You know, I'm glad I went to the high school I went to because <laughs> I was late a lot. Yeah. And if that was the tardy fucking uh, policy, Ugh. so this pissed off the Suquamish in Seattle, uh, and he led a raid and killed many of the Scalm. For that, the Scalm gave him a wife to uh, for a son, and they made up. That's all you have to do. It's. Uh... I mean, I know I only have a tacit understanding, especially of the Northwest Native, like, especially from this time. Yeah. Holy fuck. Hey, it's turning out to be a little more fucking brutal than I remembered ever learning about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Squamish had the Scalum basically wipe out the Chimicum. Yep. Uh, the Squamish thought they had used sorcery to kill Kitsap's brother. The Chimicum did. You mean the the band? Yeah, the Chimicum. The band sorcery? Oh, oh sorcery. <laughs> From Stunt Rock. Stunt Rock, baby. Sorcery. The Chimicum had just been raided by the Macaw, and they were reduced to being holed up in one village. I do always love when, it always takes me a beat when somebody talks about the Macaw, and I always picture a Macaw, like they were just attacked by the Macaw, like like a giant <laughs> parrot. like The Macaw. Mass like, eating parrot. Like a Game of Thrones scale fucking yeah. giant red parrot fucking <laughs> casting a shadow like Independence Day as it swoops in on the village. So Seattle leads a raid of 100 warriors to Port Hadlock there. They surround the village at night, and uh, the grandson of the man who hexed Kitsap's brother woke up to go climbing the next morning. As he came out, he was shot down in a crossfire, and the Chimcum raced inside, but uh, all were shot. And then the allies raced inside, the Scalm and the Squamish, and near the end of, uh, oh, near the end, Seattle's son took a bullet in the spine. Oh, shit. But most of the Chimcum were wiped out, women and children were taken, and the survivors would go to Port Townsend. No. 
And now they're so desperate they ask for white people and, help. Yep. And now there's not yeah not a lot of chemical. So basically, no. it's like a basically a genocidal attack. Fuck. Um, Port Hadlock isn't that where you go to find beach glass? I think near there. I don't know. I, I don't. think that's where Annie Annie from Big Annie's Big Book of Facts from 1911. I think that's where she took me one time. Well, let's go. It's well, it's like a fucking five mile walk to actually get you like from where you park, and you got to watch the tides because you actually get cut off if you go around this point. No, so it's it's fun, but it's nothing to fuck with. Like, listen, and carry a boat or something. When I'm up in that neighborhood, I go to Indian Island to was it Fort Flagler and mm. fuck around there. That's oh, Flagler, fun. yeah. Uh, wagon train came to Oregon in 1844. Like straight Oregon Trail. Like. Yep. A guy named George Washington Bush. Yeah. Wow. He was inbreeding in politics. Mm -hmm. He was a free man. Clinton Bush. He was a free man, so he was Um, still black. Yes. Which was illegal in Oregon at the time. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) So they they didn't want slave owners to come there, so they said black people are illegal. I guess that's a way to do it. Well, they didn't want slave owners, and they also didn't want want black people. Yep. So. When he finds that out, he goes to Washington. Yep. Just crosses the river and keeps going north. Just fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, among that party was Michael Simmons, who went on to found uh, that um, Tumwater. Okay. Strongwater was a good site for a mill, since there's falls there, and a good place for a brewery, too. Yep. And the settlers were met by Leshi and welcomed. Hey, hey. It's Olympia. Yep. Hooray. Yeah, sadly, Tumwater no longer brews beer. But you, you can get the uh, Olympia Vodka. I think it's a lot of tumble. Yep. Oh, Olympia cool. Vodka and Rainier Gin. Both pretty good. I mean, the Olympia Vodka is excellent. Yeah. I'm not a gin guy, but that Rainier Gin's not bad. Yeah. If you're going to drink a pine tree, drink that one. Yeah. <laughs> so Leshi was from the Mashal River up um, going north towards uh, Rainier there. He's a Nisqually dude. He descended from nobility. So he's pretty cool. He was in his 40s by then. He was wealthy and had a bunch of horsies. Ooh. They and probably got from back east. Yeah. From the... Nez Perce and Flathead. Yep. And... Uh, he claimed to have shot a, a Sasquatch. Awesome. <laughs> so Leshi invited the McAllisters to settle at the mouth of Nisqually near near then, Medicine Creek there. Kevin was left behind when <laughs> they moved. <laughs> How do you do? This is Peter McAllister. The father. Yes, sir. I'd like a hotel room, please. Yes. With an extra large bed, a TV... And one of those little refrigerators you have to open with a key. Yes, sir, you'll need a major credit card upon checking. Credit card? You got it. So by 1844, Polk supporters threatened war, and even a few ships bobbed up and down on the sound just in case war break up between Britain and America. When we talk about the D- Decatur being one of them? Oh, uh, I think that's coming later. Oh. But in 1846, a treaty was signed making the 49th parallel as the border. Uh, making the Puget Sound American. Uh, so they quickly make peace with Britain there, and then they go to war with Mexico. Just get there. Well, you got got a war with somebody. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, it's like, fuck, we made peace. <laughs> fuck, we need to fight somebody. And, of course, by 1846, measles hit the Cayuse. Yay. Who measles. then blamed the Whitmans and massacre them at yep. the Whitmans ma- Massacre. The Whitmans Sampler Massacre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm allergic uh, to chocolate. <laughs> so the Cayuse needed allies to fight the volunteer army that was sent after him. So they called the giant macaw, summoned the, the giant macaw. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, Whitey thought that the Yakimas and the Nez Perce and the Klickitats would join in, but they didn't really. But it made everybody paranoid around the sound, and uh, the tribes in the west of the mountains just had to decide whether to join in on that too, but they declined. Darn. Could have got all the whiteys out of here. Uh, the new Americans didn't see the western tribes as a threat. They called them uh, Siwash. What? Siwash? Uh, Siwash, uh, which is a corrupted French of Sauvage or Savage. Oh. And they kind of use it freely like the N-word. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Fall of 47, Ptolemy got word that tribes believed that the fort spread disease and planned on attacking. Hey, the tribes got better science than the people that live in the forts. <laughs> so he puts up a wall again. Yeah, maybe don't attack the disease, though. That's not... Mm-hmm. And, of course, the tribe uh, gets pissed off that they put up a wall. Right, of course. They offended them. So they had to debate on going to war with Whitey. Uh, Snoqualmie Chief Penn Canham uh, hosted a big meeting there. He wanted to drive out the HBC, too. But others said since the Americans moved in, uh, they protected them from raiders, which and filled us with disease. But mm-hmm. no, raiders, do you, I mean, would you rather die by smallpox or? Yeah. And it just happened that the Snoqualmie happened to be some of the raiders at the time, yeah. too. <laughs> uh, Duwamish headman said that he'd protect him, but Grayhead said that he'd rather take on a white man over a gun over the Duwamish. So the headman might have been Seattle that they're talking about. What? They'd rather take on a white man over a gun? White, I think white man with a gun. With yeah, the gun. Over, over the Duwamish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the meeting kind of broke up after that. I mean, I'll fight any gun if it's not being held by anybody. I'll, <laughs> I'll, fight, I'll fight one right now. Uh, by August 1848, the Mexican War was over. Mexican-American War. Oh, oh, oh. That war. So by then, Oregon was made a territory. So the Snoqualmie and Nisqually were kind of fighting with each other. And the Snoqualmie captured Nisqually and threatened to kill him. Uh, but uh, the the leader had his son marry uh, Snoqualmie, headman's daughter. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's I was preferable to like wiping out an entire else. village, yeah, right? No yeah. It's just funny. Uh, Fuck you, piece of shit. We're gonna fight. Okay, take my daughter. <laughs> yep. But later, that guy mistreats the the daughter. Oh, and she's did you, in did again. we just do this one? <laughs> <laughs> So this time she slept until noon. Ooh. April 5th, 1849 at Fort Nisqually, a whole bunch of Snoqualmie and Skykoma showed up at the beach. Later, the Suquamish showed uh, up to trade. Also, they kill a whale there. Just, like, was it beached or they just go chase it down? I don't know. It doesn't say. Oh. I like this. Just one guy just roped it and brought it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine the whale, like, wearing a trench coat, and they f- see it, like, walking down in dark alley. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> like Raphael and uh, yeah. Ninja Turtles. Totally. So uh, that kind of makes them nervous, but, you know, the, the whale kind of distracts everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, April 28th, news arrived that Sneetlum and some Skagit robbed HBC men going to Victoria of a gun and an axe and all their provisions. Oh, that's not very nice. May 1st, at the fort, the HBC men were headed to the Chow Hall when they saw about 100 armed Snoqualmie and Skykomish chasing other Indians into the fort. Uh, Pat Canham uh, said they had issue with uh, Leahet's son, I guess that's the Nisqually guy, for beating his daughter, but had no issue with Whitey. Just let us kill these guys in your living room, mm-hmm. basically. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't concern you, yeah. asshole. <laughs> let me kill this guy in here. Yep. So, Pant Canham goes into the fort to parlay. Uh, meanwhile, a guy, uh, Leander Wallace, was outside giving out tobacco, as you do. There was, 
always seems like such disparate like shit happening at one time. Oh, look, there's a fucking small battle over here, but this guy's making cotton candy, and this guy's fucking yeah. doing pottery. And tobacco, get your yeah. tobacco. Somebody else is cooking biscuits and fucking... Ugh. So at the same time, a gun happened to go off inside the fort. I'm sure that happened every 10 minutes or so anyway. Yep. Outside, Wallace gets a hail of gunfire from the tribe there. Whoa. Uh, Pat Canham escaped, and a Skykoma shaman was killed, and two settlers were wounded. But the gunshot turned out to be an accident. It's cleaning it, it went off. Yeah, <laughs> Shit-faced, cleaning it. Yeah. Yep. But Pant Kenham threatened everybody as he left. But this time they took this threat seriously, and settlers erect blockhouses. Uh, George Washington Bush announced that he had sink any canoe with a terrible gun that he, only he could use. <laughs> what? So he's David Crocketing the shit with his lightning gun? Mm-hmm. A terrible gun that it, only I can it's use? It's a fucking cannon. He just yeah, doesn't yeah. want him to know that they could also use it. <laughs> Then all the settlers write to the governor Lane to help. That's the other thing, too. Like, these Americans are settling in Olympia, but they're different from the HBC guys. The HBC guys still get along with a lot of the natives. These new Americans coming in really are, don't. Yeah, they're, well, because they're coming from, A, they've been told about the fucking savages and this and that, and then, uh, whereas the HBC guys have been living out there for, you know, decades. So they write to Governor Lane to help. It's the first governor of Oregon there. Governor Tracy Lane. Mm-hmm. Yes. You had a lot of kids, had a lot of kids. I've had a lot of time, had a lot of time. You've had a lot of to Chasey, but you ain't had mine. Dear Chasey Lane. So Lane came in with troops and asked Tolman to stop selling ammo and powder to the Indians. I mean, that is probably your first step if you... About to have a war stop. But uh, Sneetlum apologized, and eventually so did uh, Pent Canham, and they hoped the Americans wouldn't harm him, and Tolmey said it was up to the Americans, not him. July, J. Quinn Thornton, he's the Indian agent north of the Columbia, he came to Fort Nisqually. He wanted arrests, so he gets Tolmey to tell him all the names and populations and all the whatnots of the natives, even though that's supposed to be his job. Yeah. Yeah. See, September 3rd, Pat Cameron and others showed up. He got 80 of the HBC cool blankets, which were the two-point blankets. Mm-hmm. The what? Two-point blankets? Uh, we'll, we'll show you a picture. Yeah. The, the fancy ones that, that you'd get for- That are expensive as shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. In turn, he had to turn in some of his kinfolk who were arrested. As long as you get blankets, I guess it's okay. Yeah. So Lane and others were pissed off that Thornton gave gifts to the instigators of all this killing of two people. October 1st, 1849, the first trial north of the Columbia was held. Lane spent $2,000 on it. So that $2,000 were meant for the Indians. Of course, he just takes it out of their fund. 650 bucks for oh a blanket. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, uh, girlfriend and I were just out yesterday at that, um, there's that little cabin uh, antique store uh, down kind of by Maddie's house. Oh, on, yeah. On uh, East Lake. Yeah. It's a, like a lot of rustic stuff, but they, I didn't see any HPC blankets, but they had like Pendleton blankets and those are still like, yeah, those like are crazy. 400 bucks. And yeah. I'm like, man, I really want one, but I'm not spending 400 bucks on something. I'm just going to lay on a chair. Right. You know, like, right. And of course, who is bailiff for this trial? Joe Meek. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was, mm-hmm. he did work in the course for a minute. Uh, so two of the guys were found guilty and four of them were acquitted though. But the two were hanged, which uh, Meek got to do. Oh, good. Oh, super. That made him 
ultra popular with. <laughs> Uh, the people. Yep. By 1849, Seattle was about 60 years old, and he thought it was okay that they were hanged. And basically, he kind of starts working with the Americans and, you know, get along to get along instead of trying to fight and yeah. you know, possibly be killed. So the settlers have the bright idea of shipping wood to San Francisco because of the gold strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even bought a ship, uh, which started uh, Olympia going there. Seattle directed new merchants, not to Old Man House and the Suquamish, like his, uh, like half of his family, but up to the Duwamish and Elliott Bay. Okay. One of the guys was uh, Robert Fay, who, uh, who was the captain of the Orbit, and they partnered together with Seattle to send fish in a barrel to San Francisco. All right. Did they shoot him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, long story short, the f- they keep trying this, and the fish always rot before they get there. Yeah, you got to... Pack them salt, salt it. Yeah. They're just like hucking just whole salmon in a barrel. I guess. <laughs> I guess, well, I mean, if, if like lore is to be uh, believed, you know, back in those, like now you're hard pressed to find a sizable amount of salmon anywhere in this area most of the time. But back then they were talking about like, you know, you walk across the creek yeah, on their yeah. backs during breeding season. And, so, and th- th- there are some horrific, uh, impressive yet horrific like pictures from like the late 1800s early 1900s even of just like the hauls of shit they'd bring in but that's also part of the reason we don't have that many left. Yep. That and dams. Mm-hmm. A lot of dams. Yep. And pollution. And pollution. Warm, warming and dead zones and what else? Uh, microplastic. And, oh yeah and all the oxygen going out of Hood yeah, Canal. And, that, that, yeah. That's one dead zones yeah. Yep. Dead zone. So President Millard Fillmore signed into law 320 acres free in Oregon which it, we're, we're still not Washington Territory. But also, home. But also Native Americans need on a plot. Mm-hmm. To any white guy who made it there before December 1st, 1850. And uh, the wife would even get 320 acres. Holy oh. shit. But once again, Native Americans need not apply. Mm-hmm. But you'd only get half of that in 1851. So now a whole bunch of people come here. Yeah, it's like that Far and Away movie. Mm-hmm. Or the grunge era. <laughs> <laughs> Northwest Passage. Uh, April 1851, Olympia was made customs and point of entry, though there was only three houses there. But during the rainy, rainy season, Seattle and the Duwamish uh, had about 20 huts there, and they would hire themselves as guides and laborers. Uh, Seattle was described, quote, very friendly to whites. Arthur Denner, Denny and other settlers uh, settled along the Duwamish River, and they report back that they, they, they found a valley for a 1,000 settlers. Now it's just... Uh, Renton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, there's a thousand settlers, all right. And yeah. All those strip malls you can shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just those... Used to be good farmland, I'm sure, at some point, but now it's just, you know, single story. Right. Well, uh, fuck, single family for, for the Halloween this year, I did, I, to hunt down... Uh, uh, Tony and I did uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and just to hunt down fuck because I was Dale, I needed uh, overalls. Could not find him, could not find him. Of course, I waited too long to order any. I, mean, I had to go to fucking Renton to... Go to Wally World. All the... Well, I've ended up in the Wally World, but like, fuck, they made me They made me go into like Old Navy and shit. <laughs> they kept on telling me they were there. They weren't, but yeah, it's it just... The horror. It makes my skin crawl being in that area. It's <laughs> yeah, just... Dude. Well, especially since half the shit that was built, you know, a lot of those big box stores are down there are just vacant now, so... Yep. But they're still putting up more shit. It's like, just stop. Just fucking... Yep. Just... Bulldoze it, bulldoze it, and start over. Plant a marsh or something. You know, like 
So Lushai and Greyhead invite settlers to stay, but Seattle actively recruits them. Sending out brochures. But settlers at first didn't mind being managed by the, the chiefs there because they're greatly outnumbered. Yeah, well, that and they were kind of good at like, hey, dumb fuck, don't build your stuff out of that, build your stuff out of this. You know, they don't actually build knew, right on the tide flat. One of please. my well, one of my favorite things is like uh, they couldn't get it, like people, white people were having problems getting milk for their children. I don't you know maybe if I don't you stop producing milk or whatever. So Duwama showed them to uh, uh, how to use clam juice as a substitute. Ooh, how do you milk a clam? I, well, I mean they'd already yeah. You can milk a gooey duck pretty easy. You can milk anything with nipples, Greg. <laughs> uh, fucking. Um, but now, whenever I'm taking like clam milk, just now picturing other uses for milk, like you know, taking clam juice, just putting it on your fucking cocoa puffs. Oh yeah, just put it put it in your coffee. Put it in your coffee. Bake a bake a cake with it. Right, some ice cream. Mm, just, ice cream. <laughs> Turn it up with some fucking sugar. <laughs> some yogurt. I'm sure they make oyster ice cream. Oh, somebody does. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Doc Maynard, he came in in 1851 from California. With damaged goods to sell it at, at reduced prices. Doc Maynard definitely sounds like he sells damaged goods at fucking bargain mm-hmm. prices. And, and this miracle cure that will only, for, <laughs> you know, you can drink and it'll, yeah. Uh, that pissed off all the other merchants in Olympia there. Uh, another problem that Doc was married, but he was sweet on a recently widowed Catherine Simmons. Yeah, but I think Doc's wife was in Ohio or something, so yep. she don't know any better. So Seattle suggests that he do better elsewhere. The Duwamish. And the two got along. Come on in here, you fucking used car dealer of the... <laughs> or not even used car dealer, like pawn shop dude. Of, pawn shop guy. Or exactly. actually big lots. Yeah, big there lots. Go. There we go. So March 1852, Seattle helped Doc get his goods to the new town uh, that was being platted out. And they called it New York. Yep. Or New New York. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I forgot about that. The other one is New York Alki, which... Yeah. In, uh, is, I don't know if it's... I don't know which language there is. It's Chinook jargon. It's like, Al-Qaeda just means someday. So it was like, we're going to be New York someday. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh fuck I you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually by and by, but yeah. That's why there's a Statue of Liberty That there. is why there's a Statue of Liberty there. Now it makes sense. Maybe, well, a, what, one one-hundredth scale Statue uh-huh. of Liberty? Mm-hmm. They're, uh, we're, at, we're at 124. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll leave it Ooh, off of there. This is a good place to leave off anyway. What? It's a good place to leave leave off anyway because of what's about to happen next Mm -hmm. week. What's about to happen next week? The battle. Oh, shit. Don't tell me. Of? Seattle? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Robleys? The The what? What Uh, what do you call them? The The Wobblies? Wobblies, sorry. Fuck no. That was up in I know, I know. That's in the 100 goddamn years later either. (laughs) Okay. uh, That being said, we're going to chop it off here. We'll come back next week. We're going to figure out what the fuck happens. Chop it off like a shaman's head who didn't show up on time to (laughs) save a dude. Don't sleep in, folks. You will agree. Or do you if you want a divorce. Yeah. If you want a divorce, sleep in. If you. <laughs> uh, but until then, we're going to go out in a hail of uh, vagina tomato fire. They're called gumboot chitons. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck you, Miles City. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. And anyone from Manitan will never understand a thing.